0: This is our final episode of our soul food series. I hope it's not the final episode of your soul food, right? Our series, and today we are talking about finding your soulmate. Finding your soulmate. Now, uh, please don't check out if you uh, think you've already found your soulmate or you're you're married or you're divorced. There's something for it, but finding your soulmate. The one that your soul was made to be in deep relationship with. You know that girl? That girl from high school? The serial dater always had to be in a relationship, right? Here's how it goes, right? She's really hot and heavy and and seriously involved with this guy. Really, seriously. This is the guy I'm going to marry. Next week, ugly breakup. Ugly breakup. A week of crying. A week of non-stop crying. Next week, new guy. New guy. Next week, they're serious. Next week, this is the guy that I am going to marry. Do you know this woman? I did. Are you this woman? <laughs> We have counseling for you. No, but <laughs> seriously, we, we laugh at that. But here's what I'm saying. Maybe she's on to something. Maybe in some twisted, broken way, she's onto something. Maybe she's on to the fact that our souls were created for deep relationship with the one that our souls were made for. And so, to have intimacy with... Um, So to do that, to to check that out, we have to look again, and this will be reviewed for some of you who have been with us throughout this series. If you haven't, uh, visit our website, denizensbethany.com, or free on iTunes podcast. Um, Check out the other episodes. But here we're going to just review the elements of you. Here we go. Bring that up if you would, please. That graphic. Um, It is a, a series of concentric circles. Yeah. Um, And in the middle, the center circle, is your mind. No, no, your will, rather. There you go, your will. Your will is also called your heart, also referred to in Scripture as your spirit. That's your decision-making, right? Then you have your mind, right? Uh, The center of your thoughts and your feelings Then your body, right? Body is not only... Uh, home to, uh, that's where our will and our mind get to reign, right? The body is is our hungers and our activities and our addictions and our habits and all of that. And then uh, outside of that, you have your relationships and, and then you have your soul. Now, if you were with us last week, you know that the job of the soul is to align and center all of the elements of you. But here's the question. What aligns and centers your soul? If the soul's job is to align and center all of the elements of you, what aligns and centers your soul? Your soulmate. Your soulmate. Because without that soulmate to attach our souls to, our soul is almost hurtling through the universe looking, searching for something, anything, someone. To attach itself to, and for some of us, that is the question: What is centering your soul? Without one, your soul is homeless. And we said this. We uh, take a look at this. Take a take a look at at this truth. Your soulmate will fulfill your great unspoken need to be known deeply and loved deeply. Anyway, to be loved deeply and known deeply, that's the unspoken cry of your soul. So whether you're a Bible person or a Jesus follower or a church or not, this is true for you. Check this out. You are not a physical being who has a spiritual soul. You are a spiritual soul who has a body. Now, that thought is not original with me. That's just truth, man. You don't have to be a Bible person to believe that. If you get your leg in, God forbid, you're no less of a person. You don't lose part of you. You lose part of your body. Your body is yours, but it's not you. You're deeper. You are a soul. So we need this soulmate. This soulmate. Naturally, we would be in search of a soulmate. So today, we're going to be talking about dating and marriage and sex and it will have a tendency at some points to veer off into PG-13 uh, realms. And I don't see this as a shocker or to, uh, uh, to uh, just be crude in church. But if you have not had the talk with your kids, now would be the time to, to just go get donuts or, or something and maybe check out the podcast later on right? Because I'm just trying to avoid the angry emails because Johnny or Susie is asking you awkward questions, right? I mean, Johnny and Susie are 26. It it should not be awkward. It shouldn't be awkward anymore. Just saying. Anybody in R.A.? Anybody in R.A.? You work in residence life in any way? Nobody. Nobody's in R.A.? Okay. You were in R.A. Yeah, I was too. And I don't mean to show up, but I was a senior. All right. Um, when I was in college, I went to, well, yeah, yeah. Kind of makes you want to treat me with one more guy. Yeah, fat chance of that. Um, I was in college in New Orleans, and I was a senior advisor in a ghetto, high rise, co ed dorm. Co ed filled with hyper hormonal freshmen. A recipe for disaster, if ever there was one, right? So we're trying to corral to these uh, these freshmen, and, and they're in a city like New Orleans, and they're already hyped up on, on hormones and whatever you got. And um, it's a Tuesday night, kind of this time of year, right, beginning of the semester. Um, and Tuesday night, 2 a.m., the fire alarm goes off. When a fire alarm goes off and you're in residence life, you have to evacuate the building. You have to check out every room, every closet, every bathroom, right? And then you come down and you talk down like the fire squad, like the the firefighters, and you you kind of explain to them, "Uh, this is a false alarm. Uh, Thank you, though, right? And then you go back to bed. But there's no sleep because I just walked 12 flights of stairs twice. Twice. They no sleeping. All right. Wednesday night, same thing, 3 a.m. Thursday night, 2 a.m., same thing. This is getting old. This was old Tuesday night. So I get my staff together, and we do a sting operation, right? We're going to find out who's behind all of this. We find the culprits. The culprits are two guys. Imagine, guys. Two freshmen, Guys. And as we pin them down, quite literally, they come clean with the reason for pulling the fire alarm in the middle of the night. We just wanted to see what the freshman girls were sleeping in. They wanted to have a conversation in the middle of the night, outside, with girls in their pajamas. Things that we will do in hopes of meeting our soulmates I pray that you do not go do this and tell people that your pastor gave you the idea. I will deny it with a straight face. We have ways of doctoring the podcast. That's what we do. Right? We look for our soulmate. I hope not those ways. And when we look, we tend to use what? Our eyes. Right? That's not deep. That wasn't a trick question. We tend to look with our eyes despite the fact that you do not need to be a church person to know that outward beauty fades. It fades. Whatever is I mean, does anybody really do you picture your soulmate as anyone who's not hot? (laughs) Like I get that. But I also get the fact that outward beauty fades. If you doubt that, how many eighty year old models do you know for Victoria's Secret? You don't know any of that. It doesn't happen. So don't look for your soulmate only with your eyes. And God forbid, with your horns, look for your soulmate with your soul, with your soul. So that one was for free, okay? Okay. and I went this week in preparation for this. I'm going to, like, the blogs and articles and books, looking for ways, because I know a lot of you yell do. How do I know when I found my soulmate? And a lot of the lists that they have for, you know, if, if this is true, if this is true, a lot of them are garbage. But I came across one. It had nothing to do with church. It had nothing to do with Scripture. It's just a list. It's just studying relationships. And as I read through it, I said, you know what? I think they're on something. I really do. And, and the list that we're going to go through is loaded onto your live event. So if you have your smartphone with the free Version Bible app, please boot that up and quiet it down. As always, we have a live event for you with all the screenshots and scriptures and stuff listed on there for you. Uh, and then we're going to be in Matthew chapter 22. So if you have a Bible you want to open it there and just stick your finger in there, Matthew chapter 22. If you don't have a Bible, you want to make sure I'm not making all this stuff up. Check under one of the seats in front of you for a brown hardback. Uh, You want to be on the bottom of page 936. 936. Just put your finger in there. Hey, if you don't own a Bible, guess what? You do now. That's our free gift to you. Just take that with you. We love you. We want you to have that. Um, We're going to go through this list. I just want you to check it out. See if you have the same impressions I did. Here we go. Number one. Um, It says you can convey what you're thinking by just looking at each other, right? You seem to read each other's minds, finish each other's sentences. You know what each other's thinking, right? Number two, you know, if you found your soulmate, they bring out the best in you every single day. Number three, they know exactly what to do to calm you down when you're mad, to help relieve uh, your stress, to cheer you up. They are your emotional go-to person. They know how you're wired, they know what sets you off, and they know how to talk you down or cheer you up, whatever you need. Number four, you know in your gut that they will never abandon you. They're not leaving. You're not always in this uh, state of insecurity about where you stand. Number five, you're a better person with them than without them. Okay, yeah. Number six, it feels like you've known each other your whole lives. Now, your relationship might be young but you feel like you have history you just get each other that's that's great number seven for the first time in your life you realize that home is not a place but a person but a person and as i read this list i said you know they might be onto something they might be on to something here so to just deceive um, if, if you agree that this, this might be a decent list for, for finding your soul, just by showing applause. You, you think this is a pretty decent list? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I was pretty impressed. So I'm going through different relationships and seeing whether that's true. But I would like to suggest to you that there's something deeper. There's something deeper. So let's hit the pause button on this list and see what that something deeper might be. That's where we're going. We're going to Matthew chapter 22. To something that Jesus said when he was asked what is the most important thing that you can do that I can do with our lives? What's the most important thing that we can do? We're picking it up in verse 37. And Jesus said, here it is, here it is. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your with oh soul and with all your mind, we sang about it. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, Lord. with all your soul, and with all your mind. Just check that out. Now, follow me with this. If loving God with all your soul is the most important thing that you and I could do with our lives. How can anybody do that without making Jesus your soulmate? How can you or I love God if all our soul? That's the most important thing. Without making Jesus your soulmate. So what I'd like to do is go back to this non-spiritual, secular list and, and see how Jesus meets the criteria that we said was on something. So let's take a look. Number one. It says you can convey what you're thinking by just looking at each other. Psalm 139 says, You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. That doesn't mean Jesus is far away. That means your thoughts haven't even occurred to you. Can you communicate with him without speaking? Absolutely, you can. Check. Number two. They bring out the best in you every single day. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. That is powerful. That's not just the best that you can be. That is the best you didn't even know existed. Check. Number three. They know exactly what to do to calm you down when you're mad, help you relieve your stress, or to cheer you up. They're your go-to emotional person. Philippians 4, 6-7, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Make me, he's saying, your go-to emotional need person. Right? You do that, and what happens? In the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. That means, that blows your mind. Will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Check. Number four. You know in your gut that they will never abandon you. Hebrews 13, 5, where he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Rest in that. Check. Number five. You're a better person with them. Then without them, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, now the God of peace himself, sanctified, which is perfect, right? You completely, and make your whole spirit and soul and body, that whole, all the elements of you, be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. How, how does that happen? How does that happen? Because Jesus, in asking us to love God with all our soul. Set the example, he loved us with all his soul first. When he said, your life and your soul is more important than my comfort, than my life. And he went to the cross as our substitute for our sins and died for them to pay them in our place. And then he credited to your account, if you belong to him, his righteousness. And then he works in and through you each day through the Holy Spirit, to make you more and more into himself. Are you a better person with him than without him? Check, 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 check. Next, six. It feels like you've known each other your whole lives. Check this out. Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. That's a church word for I set you apart. You'll be my soulmate. You want somebody you've got history with? Before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. Check. Number seven. For the first time in your life, you realize that home is not a place, but a person. And Jesus answered in John 14, if anyone loves me, any you will see my word. My father will love him and we will come to him and we will make our home with him for the first time in my life. I realize that home is not a place but a person. Chapter. Some, some of you have heard the power of God's word. God speaking directly to your are to your soul just now that Jesus is your soulmate you know that now and in a moment we're going to give you a, an opportunity to do something about that uh, others of you, others of you not so much others of you think that, that I came across a list and I played some biblical gymnastics to try to prove this to you and I think that's great that you think I'm a gymnast? Because I've always thought of myself that way. You know, perhaps it's the landing. Hmm. 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 <laughs> a perfect kid in the tapas wild. Or not. Or not. It's all right. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. It was a ring this man. It's very difficult, by the way. <laughs> not everybody can stick that <laughs> um, Many of you object to the idea that Jesus is your soulmate, right? Because you feel that you've already found your soulmate, that it is your wife, it is your husband, it is your boyfriend, it is your girlfriend, and I am glad that you feel that way. But I'm here to tell you that there is a better way. That there is a better way. You can't love your wife or your husband or your boyfriend or your girlfriend nearly as well as you could if they were not your soulmate, but Jesus was. Stick with me. I'll show you how. If this person, your spouse or your or your squeeze or whatever you call it, is your soulmate and Jesus is not, then the only way that you can love them is with all the resources that you have in your broken soul To do so. Okay, so track with me. Not only could your broken soul have to match up perfectly with their broken soul, which is broken in different ways, by the way. But all the resources you have to love them are just the resources that are in you innately. And some of you think that's good enough. But wouldn't you rather, wouldn't you rather love them with ultimate love? The good news is you you can. Here's how. Take a look at this diagram. Now, this picture, I don't know if you can see the wife is, is in the bottom right corner, and the husband is in the bottom left corner, and Jesus is in the top, right? Now, if this is the relationship where that's a boyfriend and that's the girlfriend, and that's Jesus, right? Both of you are linked with Jesus as your soulmate, not the other one. So you are constantly linked to the healer of your soul. And your your partner is linked to the healer of their soul. And, And what's more is that you are now connected to the source of ultimate love. Your partner is not connected to the source of ultimate love. And so, you can love the other person as you could not otherwise love. You can forgive the other person as you could not otherwise forgive. You can be patient with the other person as you could not otherwise forgive. And as you move up the triangle, then leaves less and less space as time progresses and you grow closer and closer to Jesus. You grow closer and closer to your partner. And as you grow closer and closer to your partner, you grow closer and closer to to Jesus. And when you grow closer and closer to Jesus, you get more love and more forgiveness and more patience. Do you see where this is going? You can love the person you love far better when they are not your soulmate. But Jesus is. But Jesus is. Now, I there are a lot of things that are not true of me that I wish were. And those of you who know me well know of which I speak. I am not the man, the Christian, the pastor, that I wish that I was. But by the grace of God, this one thing I know. By the grace of God, I have a great marriage. Not because I'm a cool guy. By the grace of God. My relationship with this lady right there, no fault of my own, no virtue of my own, I do not covet another marriage relationship that I have ever known or seen. And it is not because I am a great guy, and as much as I think she's the best woman God ever created, it's not because of that it is because Cherie is not my soulmate and I am not hers. Jesus is. Jesus is. And because that is true, we can enjoy a love that many people and cards speak about, but few ever experience. And this is what God wants you it's so all I wear two rings. This is my wedding. This shows that she is the love of my life, the one that I would love and cherish and enjoy serving every breath that I take. Please, God, make that so. My other ring, this is my Jesus ring. This does not signify that I'm a pastor. This signifies that Jesus is the love of my eternity. That Jesus is my soulmate. And all the loving that I do, and all the serving that I do, and any good thing that comes out of my life is because of this. And she and I pray every single day that God would make our marriage the best that ever was. But for that to even have an ounce of hope with me too. Jesus has to be and remain our soulmate. Okay, moving on. I mentioned that things will pull you apart, and that's a uh, that's something to uh, to pay attention to. If you are one of my friends that has a difficult marriage or a difficult relationship or you've been through divorce, then you know this, that one of the most treacherous things that will pull a marriage a relationship apart is selfishness, is selfishness, right? And this shouldn't surprise us that this is so, because we are often attracted to people that we think are going to be our soulmate based on the way they make us feel, and all these lists that I poured through it was always oh this person makes me feel this way, this person makes me not on what we want to do for or in that other person's life. I mean how how twisted is that? That's such a bad reason. If you're if you're dating do not pick a, a potential spouse based on the way they make you feel because what if, what happens on the day or the week or the month or the season of life when they make you feel small or insignificant or unappreciated? And the only people who don't think that's possible are the ones who watch too many Nicholas Sparks movies and a few <laughs> accounts like for you too. <laughs> but, but, but what do you do? What do you do when that happens? And it will. What do you do? What do you do when someone else begins to make you feel the way you know you want to feel? And this person used to make you feel, but you don't feel that way with them What do you do? You trade them in for a different model? Because they weren't your soulmate, but this person's not your soulmate? no. Don't do that. With Jesus as your soulmate, he works to redeem and, and reshape our hearts to make them less and less selfish, like he was. And more and more otherish. We get a whole uh, get a bunch of messages on being otherish, Like he is. And so we grow in love for what we can do for this person. Take a look at this. The person... The person you should choose to spend the rest of your life with is the best friend whom you will get your greatest joy by serving them every day of your life, regardless of what you get back. That's the ideal. It's the ideal that reflects God's love. I haven't made that. I'm not even flirting with that, but I'm chasing that. By the grace of God, we will celebrate that and get closer and closer to celebrating that. Every day. That is love. That is love. And anything that is less than that really doesn't even deserve the name. Check this out. Real love is committing to being another person's joyful servant for life, partnering with God to make the other person's soul all that God created them to be. And in so doing, watch this. In so doing, no, we're not ready for that one yet. Nathan, I'm sorry. In so doing, God will work in you, in your soul, to make you all that He has created you to be. That's how that happens. That's how that happens, and that's why so many of us get it get it backwards. So, what if I'm dating? What if I'm dating? Or what if, like I was? I'm just hoping to get a date, any date, even a group date. I'm, I'm cool. I just want to be somewhere where there's women in. Not anymore. Like, yeah, before. <laughs> <laughs> Middle school, right? That was me. Um, what if that? Well, um, this comes to bear on that as well. Stop looking for your soulmate. That's my advice to you. If you're single, stop looking for your soulmate. He's here. He's here. And 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 as of today, you have no excuse for saying he's not. Okay? Because you know. You know it's Jesus. Stop looking for your soulmate. <laughs> and think about it. The closer and closer you are to your soulmate Jesus, the better you will be able to hear his voice when he says, this is the one. This is the one that I've sent into your path. This is the one that I'm allowing you to love and serve like I have loved you, like you love me. This is the one for whom your love will great greatest in the greatest way reflect my love for you. This is the one you get to show undying sacrifice, unselfish favor, unending grace. This is the one. The closer and closer you Get to your soulmate, the more easy it is to hear this This is the one that I have. The problem is um, when you and I are single, we're often more interested in finding the right person than becoming the right person, right? And becoming the right person is what your soulmate is obsessed with. Becoming the right person is working in you to become the right person. Because if you don't and you find the right person, what are you going to do? Ruin them? Love them badly. If you are interested in finding your soulmate, do not use your naked body to give that to somebody who is not your life mate before you get that. Look, I am not here to condemn what has come before. Christ is here to forgive, restore, and be If you're interested in finding your soulmate, do not use your naked body to give a piece of your soul to someone who is not the one before you marry. Can't do that. It's fun. I get it. God made sex to be fun with the one after. Believe me. You say, what is it? No, it's not our soul. It's just physical. It's just friends with benefits. It's just a snapchat. No. We'd like to believe that. But we are integrated beings. And what our body does, our soul does. And if you were here last week for the torn soul, you know what happens when one goes off the reservation from the other. It tears. The Bible says... When you, when you love each other, and it's precious, and it's beautiful, and it's wonderful, you become one. Protect your soul. Because it's precious, and it is beautiful, and it is wonderful. You don't need sex to find your soul mate. And I talked to a lot of guys about their sex life. So, like, they, they tell me, I don't know, how's your sex life? No, uh, no. <clears throat> and they tell me this. I don't know, maybe girls think this too, but I don't talk to girls about their sex lives. Um, but the guys who were who kind of, like, on the fence, they didn't wait until marriage, and they so they used this excuse. I was seeing if we were sexually compatible. Let me help you. Let me help you, Okay? Of this simplified. You got guy parts? Yes. She got girl parts? Yes. You're sexually like a paddle. Done! I just saved you a lot of heartache. Stop <laughs> sleeping around trying to find your soulmate. Why would God lead you to your soulmate? Or your your life mate, right? When you've just shown him. You have no regard for what he thinks or what he says is best for you. Oh, but that decision I do want. I want to know the right one. I I don't want to marry a train wreck. But I'm going to look for and make myself a train wreck. How's that? You going to go for that, God? No. He wants to lead you into joy at every step and he can and he will. So, Moving on, we're, we're going to close this. This plane doesn't land, and you do get home. Andy Stanley said something I want to share with you. Uh, this is just in concept, and you know, the words are um, a little different. This is uh, what you and I are, are craving and really hungry for and looking for. It's not sex. What, what you are craving is not an orgasm. Okay, Somebody just it's okay. Said that word in church. Jesus, God invented that. Okay. what you and I are craving and looking for is in- intimacy is intimacy no 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 what I'm looking for is that no this isn't what you're looking for is intimacy when we say this before bring that up your soulmate will fulfill your great unspoken need to be known Deeply. And love deeply. Anyway. Love no reservations. You know everything about me. And you love me. Jesus is the only soulmate who can fully satisfy that. I'm not somebody who gets your hormones racing and gets you off. Stop. Settling. For soulmate substitutes. I I love and hate the movie Jerry Maguire. I love it because I think it's a great movie. But I hate it because with one line, that movie deceived um, a ton of people into thinking that your spouse can somehow complete you. You remember the line? You complete me. Yeah, and I know it's creepy for you because of the stunning physical resemblance, the way, and then the line, But snap out of that. <laughs> Leading us to believe that another person can complete us. Look, if, if you are a, a, a mental and emotional a train wreck and, and hot mess, as, as all of us are to some degree, please do not anticipate or expect your spouse, current or future, to solve that. It's not their job. That's your soulmate's job. And, and and your soulmate is Jesus. So some of you will say yes, yes, okay. Intellectually, spiritually, emotionally, I'm, I'm getting that Jesus is my soulmate, and, and I'm done with soulmate substitutes, and God substitutes it, and, and I'm tired of Trying to fill that with something else, and I'm coming home. And and others of you will say, nah, nah. My soulmate is somebody or something else, and in God, if he's there, it's going to be God, and I'm going to try to find other things that, that do what you're talking about. And some of you would just disagree. One of the guys who would disagree is a doctor named uh, Dr. Philip Zuckerman. Um, he is an atheist sociologist, author, brilliant, very, there's a brilliant uh, mind. Um, and although I, I, I disagree with him on, on certain things, uh, he's a professor at Pitzer College in California. And his premise is that that people do not need God, or the concept of God, because he's it, an atheist, to live moral lives. We don't need that. He predicates this. Here, here's his quote. Let's think about it. Can people be good without God? Can a moral orientation be sustained and developed outside of a religious context? The answer to both of these questions is a resounding yes. You do not need God. Why do I bring him up? Because he was the honor speaker here at Western on Thursday night. Maybe you had a chance to, um, to hear him. Now, this whole secularist movement that we don't need God to, to lead good, satisfying moral lives is predicated on the fact that that we would live according to the golden rule. And they call it empathy, right? And the golden rule, you know it, and and he clearly states it, is what? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And if we all just live like that, we could live good and moral lives without the notion of God even coming into it, totally disregarding the fact that that was Jesus teaching Now, Zuckerman, it, look, I'm not being falsely, he's, he is a far smarter, more intelligent man than I. But I disagree because I, 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 I fear that he's asking the wrong questions. What if the point of your life and my life is not simply to be a moral person? What if the point of your life And my life is to enter into the love relationship we were created to have. What if the point of your life and my life is to find our soul mate in the one who breathed our soul to life? Then the only one, then the only one who can do that for you is Jesus. And the morality, if Jesus is your soul, the morality will take care of itself as he refashions your heart. Apostle Peter wrote this, and I pray this is true for every one of us. First Peter 2, 25. For you were straying like sheep. But have now returned, you have now returned to the shepherd and the overseers of your soul. Your soul was hurtling through the universe looking for someone or something to attach to, to align and center it in its home. Will you tire of wandering? Will you come? This weekend is Western's homecoming. That's symbolic. You and I can make a decision to make this day the day when we return because regardless of what any other soulmate can do for you none can bring your soul Jesus can Jesus will he is for yourself. And as we end, I will ask you two questions. Is Jesus believe not believer? Church person, not a church person. Read the Bible all the time, don't we? Is Jesus truly your soulmate? And the second question if not, what? Is stopping you? Those are the questions, and I don't need the answers. You do. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your truth, thank you for your presence, thank you for your. There are friends here, Lord, who know for perhaps the first time that you are home for their souls. You are their soul. And Lord, that they would have the courage to say yes. Yes, Lord. I've tried many substitutes. But I'm coming home. I'm coming. Be mine. Lord, be mine. Savior, be my son. Lord, there are other friends here who have hung around with you a lot. We frequent church. We run in Christian circles and maybe at one time there was a time when we knew that we knew that that you were our son. but we needed to be reminded. For the sake of our souls, for the sake of our marriages, for the sake of our lives, we come.